The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week, and I am joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? Everything is going great, Ryan. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, but I can't say I'm doing that well. Everything in your life is going great. This is this is good oh, to hear. Well, I mean, no, no, not everything. It's kind of status quo. But. Wait, you, you oversold it a bit there. Is okay, what I'm hey, well, you know, it's uh, we are one hour away from tip-off, Game 7, Heat Hornets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, although by the time this episode goes up, they're either going to win or lose, and this whole talk might sound foolish. Oh, yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs> Yay, the Heat won. Damn it, the Heat lost. Yeah, we should, yeah, yeah, we'll have each one there, and depending on how the outcome goes... Like, we'll be able to edit in either the Yay, the Heat one, or Damn It, the yeah. Hornets one. Although we don't care that much to do that effort. That's true. We this don't, is a time capsule. We don't edit. As of right now, it's a tied-up series 3-3, and I think whoever wins is really has a better chance of going on in the playoffs. Yeah? Yeah. Would you call this Game 7 a must-win, Dave? I mean, you don't want to put that much importance and pressure on people. And, and, and certainly no single game is ever, you know, that important. But, but, what do you, but I mean, would you use the must-win here? I mean, for one team, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. At least one. <laughs> That's the extent of the sports analysis you'll get here at the Break the Business podcast. Yeah. Um, if you want to rate, review, and subscribe us, uh, we when we normally do music business and not sports talk, uh, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or we would like it very much if you rated, review us, and subscribe to us on those platforms. If you want to interact with us in the social media world, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ryan, K-A-I-R. Where can they find you on Twitter, Dave? They can find me at D-K-A-Y-E-1027. I probably should just get a new one. I mean, yeah, you, it might be good. It, your handle doesn't roll off the tongue that yeah. much. I mean, it would disappoint. It, it, I mean, you'd have to maybe start from zero followers again, and it would suck to have to lose those 19 followers. That's your Screw rock. you. It's more than 19. What are you up to now? I don't know. Shut up, you. Can I look it up? Uh, no. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. No, stop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also follow Break the Business on Facebook. You can email the show at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. While you're there, uh, if... If you want to have any sort of voice in where the show goes or what we talk about, if you're an indie artist and you say, wow, I'd really like to hear Ryan and Dave talk about uh, option agreements and record contracts or a management deal, whatever it is, you know, let us know and we'll talk about it. Email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. We really want to make this interactive. And by that, I mean, yeah. we're too lazy to come up with our own content. Oh, yeah. And also, I mean, if if your artists want to email or also if you want to say that maybe you like my stuff more than Ryan's stuff, like you're a fan of the Can of Dave segment. We get a lot Dave. of those emails. Yeah, we got an email recently uh, explicitly saying that we're, you know, they like, you know, the email or liked the show, but my thing were listed first so i feel like that's a win for me oh as well it should be you know what i feel like this is kind of an old reference you remember uh home improvement the show home improvement yes where you know tim and al had the the show tool time tool time but anytime any anytime like anyone ever went up to tim and said oh tim uh we love the show tool time we really love al yeah like, by the way do you think maybe we can call this show tool time because we're a couple of tools just doing this show you me, just we're just or just a couple of tools here in this studio and just wasting our lives. 
Oh, no. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, nah. this is fun. This is fun. This is a lot of fun, right? It is fun. We have a good time around here, and yeah. uh, we want you and your friends to have a good time, too. So if you like this show, if you like what we're doing, if, you, if you're if you enriched by this, or you know you just like when Dave you know does his voices, tell a friend about us, um, and we'll all have a good time together. It really is the best form of promotion uh, yes. in the podcasting oh, yeah. world. And if you have friends that you know work at uh, Pixar or DreamWorks or in the voiceover business, let, let, let them know about me oh, all my fun stuff. Oh, man. We're just going right into your, your personal life here. We're, we're trying to introduce the show, but you want to make this about you? Okay, fine, fine. Let's do right. that. Let's, let's, let's talk about Dave. Dave, uh, you did something really cool this week. I did because, you know, Ryan, I'm going to toot my own horn here, okay? Let's do it. Is that okay? Is that okay? Can I toot? Toot. Toot it up. Thank you very much. You know, you've been telling me as over the life of this show, even before the show, and other people have always told me, Dave, you've got a really good voice for this. Yeah. You know, you've got a really good voice for this. The voice of a golden God, <laughs> right? And That was a direct quote by me, yes. Yes. And, you, you know, and I've been like, oh, pshaw, come on now. No, thank you, thank you. I, uh, I know, I know. But what am I to do about it? <laughs> well, you, my friend, were, were very nice, very nice enough to uh, set up uh, an audition uh, for me at a uh, local... Uh, sort of VO uh, studio that does um, some dubbing work and everything and different, mm-hmm. different sort of, you know, just uh, voiceover audio work. And uh, took a lunch on Friday from work and went down there and uh, had a nice little session. And uh, this is my first time ever doing anything like this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I've i never acted. I've never taken drama. I was never in a theater program. You, you know, you've been in a, sort of the dramatic arts your whole life. Even now you're playing a role of a, um, a person who's somehow fulfilled and happy. But uh, we'll get into that later. Um <laughs> See, I, I thought I thought you were just going to go with a mean insult there and be like, you've been playing the role of a competent attorney uh, for the last four years now. But uh, I, I, I just thought that was the joke you were setting up for. Well, I mean, you know, you are playing that part well and people are compensating you heavily for it. Why? I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, but, you know, so it was a lot of fun, you know, and I did some stuff. I had some takes and took some direction. And, you know, it, I, I, it seemed to go pretty well for, you know, my first time. Did I set the world on fire with it? Probably not. But, you know, considering I was, I was a first-timer, you know, it went pretty well. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see if anything comes of it. But if not, you know, it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Well, you captured it well, though. You, I mean, I don't need to tell you this because emailers tell you this all the time. You have a great voice. And, oh, yes. And you're very expressive. And, you know, you do things on this podcast that would suggest that, you know, you have, even if you've never been trained, like, you have some comfort with acting. You play all these characters on the show. And I wonder, you know, did you have a chance to really explore a lot of acting during the audition? Like, did you play any funny characters? You know, well, there was some stuff where some of the voices called for it, but I really, you know, I didn't, I, okay, I guess in hindsight, I didn't explore the space as much as I could have, just because I just, I really didn't know what to expect and how to do it. I, in, in hindsight, I probably could have done something more, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm cool with it. I'm fine. I, You're happy with how it went down. I'm happy with how it went down, and um, if I ever get a chance to do anything like it again, I, and I, there's something to build on and everything, and I know what to do. But you know, no, I, yeah, I didn't go full bore on him. No, there was no Metal Dave there. There was no no Keith Richards or anything, or any of the uh, just numerous things that is not on the show. Just that you you've experienced in life, yeah, over almost 20 years of friendship with me. So uh, um, what I would have given to be in that, like I I kind of wanted to 
I, I wanted to like show up at the audition and just kind of listen in, but I was afraid that was going to make you nervous. So I didn't want to impose, but right. oh my God, did I want to hear that? But audition. it was cool. I was in the studio. I was in that like little recording booth, with, like the eggshell padding mm-hmm. walls. You know, they had a, a professional mic. Unlike this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what a, what a good recording studio looks like as opposed to this. Yeah. 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 You know, you should look into it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it, no, it was like I will tell you this. It was basically kind of overdubbing. It was like a children's cartoon, a Portuguese children's cartoon, some soap operas. Okay, that, all this was dubbed in English. They didn't expect you to speak in Portuguese. No, no, yeah, there was like the um, uh, English subtitles going underneath with a uh, little guide marker uh, for some 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 speed. Now, and she said I had good diction. You know, I had a good uh, sort of neutral accent and everything because I guess they don't want people walk in there. It's like. Hey, already now, uh, oh yeah, w- what's this for? We got a friendship, Parisian aviation show. Okay, this is gonna be really great, guys. Yeah. Oh boy, the mini skirts here are just so short, guys. Oh, brother. Hey, hello. Th- look at that. That lady can fit a bowl of sausage in there. I don't know. Anyway, um, oh, uh, <laughs> you're um, saying they didn't want that? I find they, that hard to believe. They, no, they, they they didn't want that. Yeah, shocking. Um, and I kind I kept it professional because the, uh, I was in the waiting room. They had like a bunch of donuts because they had like a, a Friday party. And I'm like, no. I am not going to have any. I'm going to save my voice. You know, last thing you want to do is like eat food and go into recordings. I'm not telling you that. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, you don't want to put on extra weight when you're about to, you know, go into an audition. You know, how you look is so important in those voiceover auditions. Well, we also have your wedding coming up in a week. Oh, yeah. I guess that's still going on. I haven't received uh, a, a divitation. Yes. The, the the wedding is still on. We uh, T minus seven days. By the way, uh, shouldn't I have, have we gotten a call yet about the uh, the tuxes? Um, why you haven't you haven't gotten your tux yet? No, they Dude, didn't, everybody they... has their tuxes. You're joking. I'm kidding. Yeah, no. Yeah, you, no, no. You, but I think that's, that's like a week before something. Yeah, you never yeah, got a call. yeah. You pick it up next week. Okay. We'll, 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 next week. It's this coming week. It's you pick six it up. days away. We'll now. figure it out, man. <laughs> Everybody's gonna wear a tux, but you. That's what's happening. That'd be kind of funny. I would be. Would you? Oh, but okay. Ooh, I can come as Metal Dave. I'll just be wearing like a band shirt and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of metal. Speaking right. of Ryan. Wait, Ryan with a segue. Speaking of metal. Yes. So what? Qua? It's no secret on this show that if you were to rank the things about this podcast that you like from most things you like the most to things you like the least. Yeah. Things like. <laughs> The stuff that we do in the third block where it's basically all comedy and pop culture, that's at the top. And anything in which I try to talk about the music business, which, by the way, is the main point of this show, is well in the basement. Does that make me kind of like a really bad friend that you have me on? You you invited me on to do this with you for a single solitary purpose. And yet my aim is to not sabotage. Yeah, no, I don't want to sabotage. I want people to buy the book. I want you to make a a bunch of money and I want you to have your name out there and neon lights and everything else. And all the neon lights. What am I? An adult film store? (laughs) Neon lights. Like, isn't it like the the, the bright like bulbs, the marquees break the business in the adult section? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't use that label. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, well. So, but I, I'm sorry, I've ruined your segue. That no, well, you know, but yeah, this like it's no secret that, and and but by the way, I like it just the way it is because you know I think if it was just us talking about entertainment law all day, like it'd be boring. Like we need to sprinkle in some of the comedy and pop culture to keep it interesting. I'm with yeah. you on that, but 
I do want to reach out to you and try to try to get you excited about a segment okay. that has to do with the entertainment business. And yes. I think I figured it out. Okay. All right. Because it's an entertainment industry story, um, and it's an indie music related story, but it's about a metal band. <gasps> Ooh, what band is this, Ryan? Uh, the band I've never heard of this band. Uh, I'll I'll confess I didn't know of them until I started researching this case. But the uh, but I'm sure you know them. Uh, the band is Five Finger Death Punch. Five Finger Death Punch. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, bro, I know about them. I got some songs on my phone and everything. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't seen them live, but uh, you know, here no, they're pretty big. Okay, so this is gonna be my way of bringing you into this story. I, I feel like I'm, I've piqued your interest. All right, man. So a... what, what's the story? Yes, man. They were sacrificing some goats, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the cops didn't like it, or was there, like they're splitting blood around, right? No, it's actually a contractual dispute with their label. Oh, that's pretty metal, right? Whoa, unauthorized usage of the the sound. <laughs> oh, metal metal Dave would not appreciate that. I'll allow it. Oh, thank you, metal Dave. Okay, so here's what happened. All right, this is a um, label dispute involving Five Finger Death Punch uh, from Billboard magazine. The the band uh, was sued by their record label. Uh, Prospect Park, not very metal-sounding label, but there you go. Uh, the complaint alleges that the band has breached their contract with the label by beginning to work on a new album earlier than nine months following the release of the preceding album, which is prohibited by the contract. Uh, basically, the label's alleging that the band started recording the album too early. The label is saying that the band has cut the label out of the creative process and that both groups are supposed to be a part of this process and that the band is trying to release the album early because they are, quote, and this is from the complaint, shamelessly attempting to cash in before the anticipated downfall of their addicted bandmate, the lead singer Ivan Moody. I've heard some bull crap in my time. <laughs> really? Whoa, you're I coming right out against the label here. You and I both have. It just In virtue of life, being in Miami, Florida, there's a bunch of BS artists and also in the legal industry. And, you know, our work lives and everything. That sentence, that quote from the complaint is one of the dumbest, stupidest things I have ever heard in my whole life. The band wants to record an album because we know their lead singer is probably going to self-destruct and may kill himself or go to rehab for his horrible drug uses. And these guys, what, they want to make a record with him beforehand? That's not cool. <laughs> we got to stop them. And by the way... um, this like if the idea is I assume their goal is they want that to eventually work with this band again. And when you write a legal complaint that basically, you know, accuses them of, you know, just trying to record something before their bandmate overdoses, like that's a pretty harsh accusation. So assuming that this lawsuit even gets resolved, like that band's not going to want to work with that label again. You got to yeah. be careful about how you word that's, your complaints. You still want to work with them after this is over. That's like someone saying, no, Dave, you can't record shows with Ryan anymore before he inevitably has his downfall and he goes off in marriage and prison and everything Aww. like that. You, know, you, you, you can't do it. We're stopping you from, from uh, recording with your friend and, and your creative partner. You can't do it. What the heck is wrong with these people, man? So, and, and so, but here's the thing though. Yeah. Five finger death punch. They want to record this for the label, right? That's right. This is going to be a, this the is idea like is a, that this would be, I assume a label release, right? This is not like an outside project where they're going, you know, outside of the label system or anything. No, they're just, they're trying to do it faster. They just want to make an album now. Now, in response to the label suit, and this should come as no surprise to you, Dave, Five Finger Death Punch calls the lawsuit, quote, the latest in a long line of exploitative and abusive bullying tactics used by our former manager and current label CEO, Jeff Quantinitz, to extract money and wield power against the band. Uh, furthermore, 
Instead of allowing us to record, the band states, Prospect Park has chosen to sue us, hold us for ransom, and squeeze extra money out of its contract rights by attempting to sell an interest in future recordings. Um, as you can imagine, Dave, the band has stated that a countersuit is forthcoming. Now, you've already you know, reached your opinion as to who, who is right and who is wrong in that case um, without even reading the complaint, which is just outstanding. Oh, yeah. I hope I'm, I get to be part of the jury. <laughs> <laughs> um. But here's what we can say for now, or at least what I'm willing to say. Um, this is a, you know this kind of term where you know you have to space out your recordings in between albums is a standard part of record deals, and and there's differing schools of thought as to why labels do this. The most label friendly answer is that the label, as as the label is saying in this case, wants to be a part of the creative process and wants it to be a true collaboration and wants for you know, a full album to be able to have a full cycle of marketing before we move on to the next album. So they say it's an efficiency thing. Others say that the reason why they do it is it can prevent artists who are maybe disgruntled because I should say most record deals are, you know, based on a number of albums, you know, four album deal, five album deal. And so what labels are afraid of is that an artist who is not happy with their label might just try to crunch out four albums at the same time, be like, oh, here are the albums, deal over, I'm yep. done, I'm going fishing. Yeah. And so either way, that's why the term exists. But what this case does is it highlights one of the standard problems with record deals, and which is one of the many reasons why I try to get artists to not uh, <clears throat> sign these and get on board with them, is that when you sign a deal, you're basically letting somebody else decide when you can make your art. I don't know why Five Finger Death Punch wants to put this album out early, but they do. And if they want to put it out early, if they want to release 100 tracks in a year, if they want to release no tracks in a year, that should be their choice. They're the artists. They should be able to control their art. Yeah. I mean, do you think Lorenzo de' Medici went to Leonardo da Vinci and was basically like, hey, man, slow down. I need you to stop. <laughs> All right? I, I love what you're doing. Great stuff. But really? Uh, come on, I, I, I need you to slow down, buddy. See, I'm laughing at this on two levels because one, I'm legitimately laughing at that's a very funny reference if anyone out there like understands the reference because that's brilliant. If anyone understands Italian Renaissance yeah, patronage. Yeah, yeah, you know, the Italian Renaissance patronage jokes, you know, yeah. that old card. Yeah. But it's also funny, of course, because it's like, I mean, for somebody who always makes dinosauric references on this show, this is a new new level like you've got you've gone back five six centuries I, this is Medici. I think that is a 15th century joke yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's a real that's literally an old it's joke true it's true well <laughs> and so the you know it it's it's problematic because what it what it underscores is that labels stand as a in, in as a gatekeeper between artists and their fans and a fan you know the fans of five finger death punch would probably want as many Five Finger Death Punch albums as the band can make. And the label saying, no, slow down. You only get to get as many as we want you to have. And as I've said on this podcast many times, there should not be a barrier between the content creators and the content consumers. If the, consu if the creators want to make two albums in a year and the fans want to buy two albums in a year, they should be able to do that. And this is why record contracts stink. And... Um, the other option is to, instead of going with a label who gets to control when your art comes out, is you use one of these label-esque companies like TuneCore or CD Baby mm -hmm. that, you know, handle your distribution for you, but you're the one who gets to decide when you release your art. And 
you know, maybe you want to put out a bunch of albums in a year. Maybe you want to, you know, take some time off and do other things, but it gets to be your call. You shouldn't be under the thumb of like, you know, this big hulking corporation, you know, like like, let's say for instance, I want to do my own podcast and call it broke the business. And you know, (laughs) like you, you shouldn't be able to stop me. I should just be able to do it. Broke the business with uh with Kyan Rurella and no 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 it's just me but oh, just the premise you. of the show is like this one worked we won and now we we move on to the next logical thing <laughs> is that right yes anyway uh, yeah but no it's just like man it's, it's like the thing for me is just wow that language of oh we we anticipate some bad stuff happening for this lead singer because of I guess some well you know, some well known drug issues or whatnot or whatever the issues are. No, like that's that's the reason they cited, man. That's so effed up. Yeah, yeah. And, and they put it in a legal complaint that's public and anybody can read it. Like that's stinky. Yeah. And so that's, you can't even like say oh, it's allegedly with like it's it's you know what you should do, folks, is not sign a record label deal. And if you're thinking, well, Dave, how do you do that? Then how do you make a career out of it? Well, you buy de- break the business, declaring your independence wow. and achieving true success in the music industry by Ryan Garella. Nice plug. But, yeah. I mean, what do you think of just the term that says that? You're not allowed to give like because you know the, the record deal is you artist you make the label for you make the album for us the label like what do you think of a contract term that says like you have to do this for us but don't do it too early that is that is like that's also like wow because how many times at a job have you ever heard like here you go sir I got went ahead and got these uh, TPS reports for you uh, a few days early it's like Jenkins I told you I wanted this at the thirtieth. Why? How dare you give this to me earlier? How dare you put in time and effort and energy and try to show your worth, you wheezy little bastard? Yeah, like they should. They should be like, "Oh, cool, we got this early. All right." But yeah, there we are. And here's the flip side of it. Okay, this is so. This is nightmare scenario one of the label getting control the timing of releases, which is Uh you might want to try to make this too early, and the label tries to stop you. The other other nightmare scenario, which is the one you see much more often and freaks me out much more as I'm a lawyer, you know, looking at these label deals, is a label just might decide, you know what, we don't want you to record anything right now. And maybe we don't want you to record anything next year. And we're just going to just shelf you and you're not going to make anything until we decide that it's commercially feasible to release your music. And you get these artists that are stuck in deals for years at a time. And they're not allowed to make music for anybody else because it's an exclusive deal, but they can't make music for the label either because the label's not interested in their music anymore. And so their music career is just done. Yeah. yeah. And it, and so the beauty part of going independent is that all of these things are in your hands. You control not only what your creative product sounds like, but you get to control the timing of it, which is so important. In your hands, you hold the future. Oh, uh, and I, we should say, coming up in the next segment, gosh, we got so excited with, uh, with the voiceover audition that we forgot to talk about our guest this week. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, coming up in our next segment, uh, Daria Musk is going to be joining us. Uh, she's terrific. Uh, she is one of the original live concert uh, YouTube Google Plus stars. Yes, an artistpreneur. An artistpreneur. Yes. She, as, as, as we have read about her, she does a lot of uh, business partnerships with her art. She does so many cool things uh, with all these different companies, and she really stretches what you can do as an artist and all the different revenue streams you can have. So yeah. She's done TED Talks, too, and everything. Ryan, we should try to do TED Talks. Oh, we'd be great at TED Talks. I mean, I, I don't know about you, man. I would really love the chance to talk to Ted Danson, and all these people are, are doing it, and I... <laughs> 
Now, uh, let me that's, ask you a question. That's what a TED Talk is. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think more people got the Ted Danson joke or the Lorenzo de' Medici joke? I, I assume the Ted Danson joke. Well, I don't know. I mean, because I don't know, because Ted Danson's kind of musty, too. I mean, is it Medici or Medici? I think both are acceptable. Okay. I want to, I mean, it's not like we were around back then to, like, we don't have, like, recorders of pronunciation. So, how do we really know, right? Well, that's true because he was telling Leonardo to stop uh, tooling around and inventing yeah. things. And that was the, the one day he didn't do oh. audio. Yeah. Either way, um, we're really excited to have her on in the next segment. Uh, she's super insightful. I'm sure she's going to have some great stuff for us. So stick around for that. And then in the final segment, oh, we got some pop culture silliness that has nothing to do with the music industry. And we got the D-Block, man. It's we got the D-Block, and it's all, all good, good stuff. stuff. All right. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you in the next segment here on the Break the Business Podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time, my new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. She's an indie musician and entrepreneur originally from Fairfield, Connecticut. She became an overnight internet sensation in 2011 when she hosted a series of virtual concerts on Google+, which were viewed live by people in over 100 countries. Since then, she has released an EP and an album, given two TED Talks, been featured in Rolling Stone, Huffington Post, and Billboard, and has consulted for a number of tech companies and entertainment firms. You can find out more about her music and other projects at DariaMusk.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Daria Musk is on the Break the Business podcast. Hey, Daria, thanks for being on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, very much our pleasure. We love all the stuff that you're doing in your career and how you've uh, come up with ways to use your art and your creativity in a number of different industries. And uh, you're just the kind of person we love to have on this show. So thank you for joining us. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is going to be a blast. Oh, uh, I, I like your optimism. All right. Yeah. No pressure <laughs> yeah, on us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I love talking with people like you guys. It's great. Oh, great. Um, uh, you, uh, I know it's been a busy day for you. Uh, I know uh, you were... Uh, you you you, uh, you have a lot going on today, and you were telling us some a bit about it uh, in the emails. Uh, what are you doing right now? Other than talking to us, of course. Right now. <laughs> Um, right now, I'm actually getting ready to get up and shoot some scenes for um, a new music series that I'm going to be launching on YouTube soon. I'm really, really excited about it. It's been um, a passion project of mine for, man, I jumped it up maybe maybe a year ago, um, trying to think about how to put together all of the pieces of basically skills and stuff that I've been doing over the last, you know, three or four years, um, including the live shows that I do online and touring in person and talking about stuff that I'm really passionate about. And then most recently, like learning how to shoot and edit video and sort of finding my style with that. And um, so it matches up all of those different elements together. And it's going to be really actually my first episodic weekly series that's going to go on for like the foreseeable 
whenever. So um, I'm really, really pumped to to get that out there. And so, yeah, I'm shooting some stuff for that today. Oh, I feel like we really caught you on the precipice of something kind of big here. Uh, yeah. Can you give us can you all right, give us a few details about the show? I mean, are you I know you, you might be sworn okay. to secrecy on some things, but come on, give us some no. nuggets. No, see, the, the fun thing about about doing doing your career in the way that I've chosen to do it, it takes a lot of work and it can be really, it can be a little slow going at first and it can be really time consuming and it's kind of like owning 100% of nothing for a really long time so that you can own 100% of everything later. But I'm my own boss, so I'm allowed to go whatever secrets I want. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, one, no one has to answer to, which is really, really fun. Um so yeah, let's see. What should I tell you? Well, actually, no. I was trying to think. Did I did I announce the name already? And I did. I, I sort of sneak announced it on Instagram and Snapchat and a couple of places the other day. So I can I can keep the leak going here. Um, yeah, let us be the so first podcast you. where you announce the title. I like that. Oh yeah, breaking news. Okay, here here you go. Um, the show is called Unlabeled. And I can't actually think of a better themed show to, to announce that on. Um, it's called Unlabeled, and obviously for me as a musician, that has a really fun and pretty obvious meaning about, you know, being truly indie, never being fined, never kind of going through the uh, the sort of rigmarole of, of getting signed and dropped like so many friends of mine that I know um, and really owning a hundred percent of your, your music and your world and, and your, your job. Like I, I call myself an artistpreneur um, <laughs> because I think that right now, like my generation, especially, and, and even the kids under us, I'm, I'm sort of a, you know, a big sister millennial. And then there's all the kids under that too. I think we all, all of us, have more of an opportunity than anyone's ever had before to make a career around the thing that you're passionate about, as opposed to trying to go get a job from somebody else. And so um, just really making what you love, what you do. And I've become so passionate about that as I've, as I've been able to, to kind of figure that out one sort of bit at a time um, since I started, like feels like when I was a tiny little child. Um, And so the show is, at its core, there's a ton of new music, obviously. So there's a lot of music coming together. Um, I actually have always really been kind of romantically in love with the process of making music and all of the, like, kind of cookie scraps that get left over that people never hear, all of the all of the little ideas and all of the roughs, like all of the voice memos on the phone and the, you know, just like noodling. And so I've been capturing lots of that stuff as I've been writing a ton of new music. And um, so the show is going to be kind of like a mashup of those pieces of music coming together. Um, each episode will obviously focus on one song or one piece coming together uh, and showing those elements. It'll also have a voiceover element where I'm talking about a theme that's connected with the song or ranting about something like this that I'm passionate about that ties in with the song. Um, and then my own kind of like video style that I've been working on of sort of like fast edits and, you know, sort of rough cuts. But the cool stuff is that I'm pretty much doing the entire thing myself, just me and uh, a producer I work with and a camera. And so I just love this like YouTube generation that we can pull that kind of stuff off. So the show's definitely 
I hope that people will find it inspirational because if you dig what I'm doing, it should be pretty easy to, to, to sort of copy it, <laughs> like to grab a camera and, and final cut and, and your guitar and, and do something similar. So, um, yeah, it's not too dissimilar. It's just so funny to say than like Beyonce's new lemonade thing, except I'm not like mad at anybody, but um, <laughs> you're not, you're not breaking any cars with a baseball bat. Yeah. No, no, I don't have that kind of budget, but you know, maybe one day. <laughs> All right. Well, well cool. So, uh, unlabeled, we'll be uh, looking for that, uh, later on. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you got some great yeah. stuff going on and, uh, I'd love to talk about how you got to where you are. Um, you became one of the first musicians to gain a lot of success from doing live online concerts. Can you tell us a bit about your experience as an online performer going all the way back to 2011? And is it true that you played mm-hmm. an online concert on Google Plus for seven and a half hours straight? Yeah, I've done longer than that. Wow. <laughs> um, Holy crap. Yeah, it was really, I'll explain how that happened. Because if you just say it, I sound like a crazy person. But here, check check this out. Okay, so... You want to be a musician, right? And you spend your whole, like, teenage years trying to play clubs and trying to find, like, anyone who will listen to you. And then somebody says, oh, there's this thing. And you can, like, it's a video chat, and you can see up to 10 people at once. And it's connected to YouTube. And actually, no, wait, back then it wasn't. Hold on. Okay, so it's just a video (laughs) chat, and you can talk to 10 people at once. And... Um, I, I think you guys mentioned you watched my TED talk, which is so sweet of you. So I won't repeat myself, but, but the line where I say, you know, I was playing a gig where I was literally lugging my amps through the rain, um, and feeling so pathetic and then got a phone call of someone telling me this, my big brother, uh, called and said like, yo, there's this new social network thing and it's got a video chat and, uh, maybe you should check it out. Honestly, my first thought when I checked it out the next day was maybe I could use this to play a show without having to lug my amps through the rain. And um, I don't know, you know, it was a very silly idea, and I nobody else thought that it would work, that's for sure. And uh, sort of just, like, plugged in my guitar into this little sort of home studio um, and and put out a little message saying, hey, I'm going to try something, like, if anybody wants to show up, you know. And I had literally, like, no fans to speak of at this point except for the, you know, random couple of, I don't know, couple of hundred people that I'd gathered from playing shows around the East coast, you know, for, for a little while. And, um, and it was just one of those magical internet moments where the people that popped into that first concert, uh, is what it turned out to be, uh, were from all over the world. And they were also kind of tech nerdy in the most wonderful way, because this was like a beta sort of thing. And, um, what happened was I played for about, I don't know, like a half an hour, like what I thought seemed like a a normal internet sort of show. And I'm beside myself with joy because these people are so sweet and they're digging the songs and I'm looking at their faces and it's such a weird, amazing, beautiful experience. And then at the end of what I had sort of planned to play, I said, well, you know, maybe maybe that's a good like mini concert to start. And thank you guys so much for coming and like, let's do this again. And I can't believe I don't even understand what just happened. This is great. And so I sort of said goodbye, or I, I said, like, okay, I guess we should go. And one guy who was in one of the 10 windows dropped off. And what happened was so strange. Immediately the window filled with somebody else. 
and I hadn't seen this guy before. And I was like, hey, uh, we were just about to end. I don't know how you got in here. And he said, there is a line around the block, like the virtual block of people trying to get into this thing. <laughs> wow. And I was like, what do you mean? And, he, and, and now I sort of understand it. At the time, I had no idea what was going on. The people that were in there were kind of influential on the Internet and stuff because, like I said, they were sort of beta users and early adopters, and they had started tweeting it and sharing it, and it was sort of going viral live but on the outside of the actual chat, which I wasn't paying attention to because my hands were busy. I was playing. So there were there was this massive comment thread that began of people saying, like, let me in, let me in. <laughs> and so I told that guy to be my, like, emissary and go back to the comment thread and tell everyone that I would keep going. I mean, I didn't want to leave the show if there were people that wanted to see me. I'd been waiting for a line around the block my entire life. So (laughs) um, (laughs) it is true. So I ended up playing for six and a half hours that night as people rotated in and out, like, every every song or so, um, which was insane, obviously. And then the very next weekend, we did it again, and that one was seven hours. And I think that was the one that that was the first time it hit like 119 countries, I think. And I and I think that one was, I don't know, it was maybe like 2,000 or 3,000 people, I think. And then the next thing that happened, the big breakthrough was back then having a YouTube live account was um, was a lot more rare. Now it's like if your YouTube is is in good standing, um, anybody can broadcast live, which is really cool. But back then there were, I don't know, I think 10 or 20 people in America that had a YouTube live account. And one guy that had had one happened to live near me and had apparently been trying desperately to get in touch with me for like a week. And finally we connected and he kind of gave me his credentials and he actually came over to my studio and signed into his YouTube account to let me um, use his live capabilities so that we could broadcast it out to more people um, so that everybody who was watching could continue to, uh, everyone who was waiting could, could, could watch while they were waiting to get in. Yeah. Um, and that one, that one just kind of went super crazy and that one was eight hours. And then, <laughs> and then actually back, uh, New Year's Eve on 2012, that was, that was the most insane, uh, I played for, it was officially 24 hours. I played a half hour show for every time zone's New Year's as New Year's hit for each wow, time zone. That's, um, cool. that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was, the, it was the most rewarding and most difficult thing I think I've ever done. It was so the, the end of the stretch between um, the West coast of the U S and then two hours waiting for Hawaii. I wasn't going to do Hawaii. And over the course of the night, all these people in Hawaii were like, what you're going to leave us out. So <laughs> not falling asleep in that two hour stretch was really hard, <laughs> but that was really, that was fun. Every new year since my, my audience has asked me if I'm going to do it again. And I'm like, Nope, that was special. <laughs> yeah. You're probably, I don't think we're doing that one again. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're new year's doubt. I think uh, you're all set for the next like 10 years or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I have to think of something cooler, like to top it, which I haven't been able to do. So, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's how the marathon concert originated was, was the limited window size and wanting to really like meet face to face and play for as many 
humans as possible because um, it was just so much fun and it and it still is it's been it's been really great the systems you know the thing that i've learned is that when you're playing with apps or the internet or websites, uh, the tech industry changes so fast. So things have changed a little bit since back then. Some of it for the good, some of it for the little, mm, slightly more complicated. Um, but the good news is, is that YouTube Live is is super, super strong. And there is still a way to do the Hangouts that I do. It's just, it's not super obvious. So I'd be happy to share the um share the secrets here. <laughs> and there's a lot of other apps and things that I use now too, to connect with people. I'm actually really excited to start using you now, which is um, sort of a friend with, uh, with YouTube as well. And there's, there's a lot of cool, there's a lot of cool stuff out there to, to do what I do and not make it quite so complicated on yourself. Cause I, me and my fans were kind of putting this whole thing together with like duct tape, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was actually going to be sort of my next question, Daria is oh, cool. if there are any other indie artists out there who are intrigued by what you were able to do with online concert platforms, uh, can you give any, uh, quick tips on how they can use these platforms yeah. to move their own careers forward? Totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think first of all, it's just a really, really fantastic thing to play live, whether you're playing in a cafe or a club or whether it's online on your laptop or through your phone. Um, I think that's something that, you know, at the time, like I had done years of, of just trying to like gig, um, when I was like a young kid and, um, it's really informed who I am as a musician. And it's really, I think, given me the like sort of musical fortitude to be able to deal with all of the crazy little problems that come up when you're either playing in person or when you're playing online, there's always, always going to be little things. You're going to break a string or something is going to run out of batteries or the power is going to go out when you're playing a rooftop concert in New York city with Verizon, which happened to me. Um, (laughs) so, um, having, yeah. So having the practice of playing in front of other people and having them watching you and listening to you and being there either in person or online, I think it's really, really important. And to be honest, I noticed that a lot of my new kind of team internet friends who, who get big making videos where there's a lot of editing involved, they get so nervous when they have to play live. And I, I talk to lots of them and, and kind of give lots of hugs and advice because it's just something you have to build up over time. So yeah, long story short, anyone who's listening who wants to play and be a musician, I say play live. It doesn't matter where, even if it's like for your pets or your parents or whatever, like just play live as much as you can because you'll get good at, at, you know, not getting ruffled by little things and not getting freaked out if you make a mistake. Um, but if you want to do online concerts, like, like I did, as I was saying, there's so many options now. I'll start at the beginning because my baby will always be, you know, YouTube and, and it was called Hangouts. It's still called Hangouts, um, the, the 10-way video chat. And Hangouts on Air still exists, and that's actually something that I helped Google create, which is really crazy. Like, after the concert got so big, I got flown out to Google's headquarters in Mountain View and got to meet with the engineers and sort of explain to them what me and my fans were doing. And so we made Hangouts on Air for you guys to make it easy for you. So um, the way you can find Hangouts on Air now, the easiest way, um, you can just type in Hangouts on Air, like into Google, and it'll take you to a page that actually explains exactly how to do it. Um, if you're already a YouTuber, if you go into your YouTube um 
manager uh, the, the sort of dashboard and look under the live heading, you'll see how to do a YouTube live broadcast. And that would be like with no other people in it. That's minus the video chat pers- put, uh, thing, but it's still playing live. It's still broadcast to your channel live. It still creates players that you can embed on your website or anywhere on the internet. So that's a really cool option. You'll also see a tiny button in there to do a hang on air. Um, and for that, I would just recommend if you have a fan base already, like let them know in advance, maybe pick a couple of fans that you want to invite into the hangout ahead of time um, and get their emails and like send them the link and tell them, tell them when to show up to sort of get it started. Um, and that's, that's definitely a good idea. And then there are other platforms that I think my legacy has become turning things that weren't necessarily meant to be concert platforms into concert platforms, which is really fun. So um, I use Periscope to play live. Great platform um, I've started to, yeah, definitely. Um, Facebook Live is kind of killing it right now. Um, and you can totally, you know, play into your phone and use Facebook Live. And I definitely recommend that. And Facebook's doing some interesting stuff with like pushing the views kind of like crazy because I think they want to be competitive with YouTube. So it's cool if you want to get, if you want to get views, you know, um, they're trying to make sure that those videos get priority, I think, in, in their stream, it seems like to me. So um, Facebook Live, those are both mobile. Um, then YouNow is a really cool platform and it's also really popular with kids who love YouTube. So that's really fun and um, a new sort of audience I've been starting to adopt. Um, trying to think if I have any other favorites. I think those are my favorites. There's another thing called StreamUp um, that I haven't tried yet, but I hear is cool. Um, and both... Both you know and StreamUp are also the kind of thing where people can use it for anything that they want. Um, and I'm just suggesting, you know, musicians rule and we can we can take over them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think those kind of democratic streaming platforms are they're really cool and most of them have options to tag by category so that you can find new fans who don't know who you are yet, which is always like the coolest thing about playing live on the internet, I think, is the ability to kind of find your audience and find your tribe and, and expand your audience. Whereas when you go play live for the most part, it's an opportunity to play for the people that already know who you are. You know, it's it's difficult to find clubs where like there's already an audience built in and let's just the cafe where people are getting their coffee. So um, yeah, I, I think the coolest way to do it these days is find your audience, find your people, on the internet and then you can go play for them live. And that's, that's sort of what I've done. Yeah. And and speaking of expanding your spheres, uh, you've been able to use your work in music to create lots of opportunities for yourself in the business world, uh, doing consulting and other kinds of work for many innovative companies, including Chevrolet, Verizon, IBM. Can you tell us uh, about the things that you do in that area and how you started to get involved with using your art and your talents in this way? Yeah, um, it's so funny. Uh, I know we were talking about it before we went live. <laughs> we were laughing because I said I was just as surprised as you were that, that this is something that I've been doing. And it's true, you know, um, it's really fun. You never know where where your art and your, your life is going to take you. Um, but basically, I think... Because I broke on on the platform that I did, and I and I had sort of a hand in shaping what happened with it, um, with with Hangouts and Hangouts on Air, and um, because and that was I have to give big big shout out to Google. Like that was because Google was cool enough to actually be paying attention 
to their platform enough that they noticed people who were doing innovative things. And, um, and it was really fun. That was my first sort of experience um, meeting with people who are in the tech industry or in the corporate world and being invited to boardrooms and to play at big offices and that kind of thing. Um, that's how that happened was sort of, sort of breaking their, their program to be honest. And then, and then, uh, <laughs> telling them, you know, Oh, you can do it like this. And that would be so cool. And could you please make it sound good for musicians and then developing something with them and, and my producer Ram, uh, we helped them develop, uh, something called studio mode in the hangouts, uh, that make it sound good for music. Um, by the way, actually, so I don't forget if you do do hangouts on air, make sure you flip the switch in the audio, uh, menu, drop down menu for, um, for studio mode. And I will uh, tell my producer that, that you say thank you. Cause it's going to sound so much better. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, once I got kind of adopted by Google, um, that was the beginning of all of that. And I think that sort of spread, I think also getting the opportunity, the unbelievable opportunity to do some Ted talks kind of put me in front of a world that I had never been in before. Um, and it introduced me to a lot of people and in the, you know, world of business and, and again, like the Silicon Valley kind of universe of, um, startups and big companies. And so I think what happened was, you know, I didn't go to college. I should say that I love school and I totally would have, except I didn't really have, I didn't have enough money to be honest. And I really wanted to just start my career and start playing. I was accepted to Berkeley College of Music when I was actually still in high school and did like a summer program there, which was great. Um, but I think it's funny, you know, when I end up in these boardrooms, like I didn't study any of this stuff, but I think when you get, when you get intimately involved with, with something like say the sort of team and internet thing where you're using all the apps and you're, you're actually on the front lines, like figuring out how stuff works and how it should be better and what doesn't work for you. Um, you have a kind of instinct and intelligence that sometimes the people who design the products or the people in the boardrooms or certainly the people in like the advertising uh, world don't necessarily have like the authentic instinct to know how to talk to someone like you or how to design an app or a program or a website in a way that will actually benefit you as opposed to the way that it would work for, you know, some, some like imaginary version of an artist that they've got in their minds from probably back when they were a kid and, and it was completely different. And so you find that you have all sorts of value that you don't know that you have, you know, just by being yourself and being honest with people. And, um, and that's sort of what happened with me. So, you know, going from the Google thing, then a Ted talk, then somebody wants to get my take on, you know, how would we, how would we tell people that there's another platform that's cool or how would we tell people that this car has Wi-Fi in it and that you can do really cool things with it? Like, do you think you could broadcast one of your concerts from the back of this flatbed truck and we'll like put some cameras on you and, um, you know, just thinking up really creative ideas like that. So it's, it's sort of in between, you know, it's, it's, it, I was going to say it's like between advertising and like consulting. It's, uh, I learned that that's called consulting, giving people your advice, showing up in, in jeans and t-shirt and giving people your advice. It's all consulting. Um, <laughs> and people actually, uh, people will actually pay you to do that, which is really cool. And it's, it's actually, you know, so fun and so rewarding. Um, 
I, I've, I think I've gotten kind of spoiled because it's it, it's so fun to be able to help shape the tools that we use. So, you know, like I'll be sitting on my couch, you know, like using my Apple TV now and being like, geez, I got to send someone some feedback about how this, this, you know, controller works and then go like, Oh wait, I don't know anybody at the Apple TV place, you know, because it's really fun to be able to, um, to be able to talk to the people that build the tools that you use. And for the most part, I think a lot of, a lot of companies, especially a lot of tech companies, certainly the best ones, they're they're on their platforms and they're listening. And so there's a way to, if you do something innovative, especially like on YouTube or, you know, Periscope or um, Instagram, uh, I have one of my best friends in the world as a travel photographer who's like a total Instagram queen, you know, and they, they talk with her all the time, you know, even, even Facebook, like if you start, if you start doing something innovative, these guys will start to notice that you're using their tool in ways that they never imagined. And that's going to make them want to ask you your, you know, for your opinions and your ideas and you'll be put into a beta group and then you'll be asked to, you know, come and speak. And, and that's kind of, that's how it happened to me. It's not something that I ever sought out. It's, it, it was a very, um, like kind of serendipitous and random <laughs> thing to have happen, but it's really, it's really, really fun. and something I really enjoy. Um, yeah. 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 Well, on behalf of the two millennials here in this studio, we uh, <laughs> definitely appreciate a millennial giving their perspective to corporate America yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Seriously, right? Like, yeah, that's like they and they know they need it now, too, which is really good, because I think if they didn't, we'd all be in trouble. But it's really fun to be the kid at the table and to be like, yeah, no, that's really lame. Don't try to use like a hashtag you don't understand or, you know, that kind of thing. It's really it's really, really funny. It's like, don't try so hard, guys. Just make something cool and we'll use it. I promise. Like, I think they kind of overthink it. It's like, you know, mad madmen like. 10.0 or whatever you know but um it's really it's really hilarious all right so actually it's funny because you know you think you're a few years younger than me and ryan but as millennials we were actually we were kind of wondering because your name is daria <laughs> you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay i think that laugh obviously says it so you are familiar with the mtv character daria <laughs> i am yeah. um okay. okay so she she uh she kind of like I've grown into loving her now. I, to be honest, I haven't watched much um, because it was a little before my time. But people would always say that to me. I'd be like, "Wait, what?" And the funny thing is, is that we're kind of opposites. Like I love people, and I'm pretty optimistic, you know. And she's <laughs> yeah. so so fantastically sarcastic, and I kind of like don't have a sarcasm bone in my body. Like I'm not I'm not as cool as she is. But um, <laughs> it's actually really funny that you bring it up because I have done. Some of this is like a perfect thing to what we were just talking about a minute ago. Um, I, I've done a lot of consulting stuff over the last few years for MTV, which is so funny. And so the people there always bring it up. Um, I helped sort of come up with some social media ideas around the VMAs like the last few years and got to go, um, which was, which is really, really fun. And yeah, so I hope at some point we get to do something with her. That would be really, 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 really hilarious. Well, that would be funny. <laughs> Especially because she'd be such a good, 
she'd be such a good oh even just like i don't know i've got to like edit her into one of my episodes actually you guys i'm gonna give you credit on whatever episode that ends up being that's a great idea it's the least you can do sarcasm or something we'll hold you to that (laughs) okay perfect you can find out more about her at dariamusk.com daria thank you so much for being on the show Sure. Thanks uh, so much for having me. Yeah, we'd love to have you on again real soon. Please let us know when that YouTube series is up. We want to be your biggest fans. Totally. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, everyone could, could go and subscribe if they wanted to. Uh, that would be awesome. There's going to be tons of new stuff going up on that channel um, starting with the new series. So, yeah, it's just YouTube uh, slash Daria Musk. You got it. Yeah, All and, right. And remember, the uh, the new series awesome. is going to be called Unlabeled. Unla- oh, nice plug, Dave. Yeah. All right, we'll, nice. be, yeah, we'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Daria Musk for joining us in the previous segment. I cannot wait for that YouTube series to come out. Um, I love uh, just innovative kind of content. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it when musicians just put out music, and certainly I love music, and that's why we do this show. But whenever they put out you know, YouTube series and just come up with other ways to get their content out there, that's the kind of stuff that always intrigues and, me, and that's why Daria yeah. is awesome. And once again, it's going to be called Unlabeled. Now, I'm actually wondering. I pro- we probably should have asked her. I realize this now. Oh, great. That's good. Um, do you think it's going to be Unlabeled, like ending with an E-D? Or L apostrophe D. Or maybe just no E or no apostrophe, kind of like the way that like Tumblr is, where they just where they just get rid of the last vowel for some reason. That's like the new thing now with tech companies. Well, that's the thing. I mean, this, this is all uh, for the kids out there, for the uh, millennials. And that's right. I technically, we are millennials. We're in that. I, I don't know what the year groupings are. You know what? I think Daria needs to get you to consult on this project. You know, Daria, if you're listening out there, Dave's available, and uh, he'd be great for this. Oh, I, I am in tune to what the kids want. Lorenzo de' Medici, <laughs> Ted, Danson, Ted Danson, Fred McMurray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, God. I mean, just seriously. I mean, heartthrob of the day, Leif Erickson. <laughs> you know, really setting the world on fire, literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, all right. Some D block stuff coming up. By the way. So, uh, listen. Actually, I got, I got, I got a bone to pick with you. Oh no. I'm, what I'm, did I'm I do? gonna pick a bone with you. You're always picking bones with me, and you, you and your controlling sister and everything. <laughs> Talk to me, man. What's up, sir? Your wedding is on the opening weekend of Captain America: Civil War. Is that right? Yeah. It comes out next Friday. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm gonna have three people at my wedding. I, yeah, even, I mean, even my fiance is not going to be there. You would hope not. Um, <laughs> so what's with that? You didn't think about that? It honestly didn't occur to me. That's a terrible oversight. You, I'm so sorry. When you were planning this out and thinking you were maybe going to marry this girl, you weren't looking at the Marvel uh, universe phases of releases and everything. And that really at the should be the plan. first thing I look at. Yes. And I realized that I've royally screwed you because... Oh God, I can't believe this. I feel terrible because I, because what I, 
Because as you were saying that, I was like, whatever, man, get over it. The movie probably comes out on Friday and the wedding's on Saturday. But I realized you have the rehearsal dinner on Friday. I'm taking Friday from you, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm a jerk. Yeah, you are. And, you know, I mean, th- th- this is not cool. Next thing you're, you're going to tell me, like, in a few years or something, that'd be like, David, guess what? You know, our, our baby, we're, we're pregnant, we're going to have a kid, and it comes out yada yada day. Oh, that's right. Let me check my calendar make sure. Oh, my God, dude. Star Wars Episode Eight, or wh- whatever it is, it's like give me a break. Well, come on, Dave. But I mean, I need you to kind of be there. You're going to be the Godfather after all. By the way, I call dibs. And um, <laughs> everyone was trying to call dibs on your best man, and you went with your brothers because I guess you had to because blood is you know family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, whatever. But I'm calling Godfather. You're calling Godfather. Yes. To Ryan, to all of them. All of them. Yes. That seems excessive. Pan Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> yes and i know what you're thinking but david aren't you going to be maybe moving away from the city i'm living in yes yes well that'll get you out of like having to give them like slightly larger birthday checks as is customary for godfathering that's true yeah mm-hmm. smart move unless and you think like okay but you know you're thinking like all right well he is a, a semi response well a, yeah guy you know <laughs> it, it, surely if something god forbid ever happened to us you know he'd be the good person you're right and you're wrong. <laughs> you're right, and I'd somehow try to exploit them for my own use in a personal gain. I'd basically get back at them all the times I tried to get you to do stuff, and you didn't. Oh, that sounds terrible for my kids. You're really selling the godfathering thing. You're, you're definitely going to be my first choice now. Well, I mean, like I said, this is a, I feel like this is just a, uh, you know, there's like race notice and everything. There's different statutes and jurisdictions to how to record property. I feel like this is just like a race uh one where I've won the race because you've called dibs I, called on a it. podcast, yes, which everybody knows uh, gives you godfathering rights. Oh yes, it goes all the way back to the English common law. Ooh, Coke. <laughs> yes, Lord, Lord. Let's Coke. make some more jokes about that. <laughs> old about old references that nobody understands except for David. Those are fun. So, anyway. you know what the worst part is about the fact I can't believe I did this. I can't believe my weddings on the weekend of Captain America: Civil War. The worst part about it is I've heard. That the movie is incredible. Is, it's, it's supposed to be, like, amazing. It's definitely going to make, uh, the, the, oh, God, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, it really seemed like the steaming pile of crap that it was. God, I hate Zack Snyder. <laughs> and do you hear this, by the way? We're not going completely off topic. Well, no, there's no topic here. It's my show. It's, it's, it, um, it's your show. It's your block. Look at you already. You're, like, you're, you're trying to, like, dominate the whole show. Ooh, it's like Block Wars and Judge Dredd. Oh, damn it. We don't have the sound ready to go. Do we have the sound? Do we have the sound? Do we we have don't the sound? have the sound of Judge ah, Dredd. Damn it. We don't sound have the sound. Machine. Anyway. Why did you judge me? Uh, you killed innocent people. A means to an end. You you started. You caused a massacre. I caused a revolution. You betrayed the law. Law. There you go. Now you got your Judge Dredd reference. Yeah. Hey, oh, there's only like the four road. people who get that reference because they had to have gone back to one of the old episodes. Quick side note idea. Now I'm side noting, side noting, tangents, tangents, tangents. I know. We're getting further and further from the actual show. But yes. Go ahead. We should take Judge Dredd and do a stage version of it. You and me. That sounds glorious. Yeah. We should write that up. <laughs> You've got the theater experience. And, and, and I've got the idea. <laughs> I've said it. And the people are demanding it. I keep hearing all the time, when are we going to hear a stage version of judge dread anyway if i can bring you back to the topic at hand okay um, you can try no i i genuinely feel bad i it was an oversight on my part to schedule the wedding during the opening of captain america civil war so you're changing it right 
Uh, let's get, I mean, we're, we're kind of committed at this point, man. I, I hope we can find some way to work around it. Oh, but... yeah, because the venue uh, for the reception is really good, is really uh, not flexible, the deposit on that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you're going to get revenge on me here because I'm looking up at the show board and the most evil segment towards me is coming up. The one I always suck at and the one that always brings you inestimable, inestimable amounts of joy. Uh, Dave's... Really? What's what, what's that? What, what segment's that, Ryan? Now it's time for Dave's as yet untitled game show here on the Break the Business podcast. Here's Dave. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the intro. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm doing great, man. By the way, I heard about your VO audition. You did? Thanks. I really appreciate that. Who are you? I'm me. Are you you? I don't know. He's looking at us or me. <laughs> He's looking. Oh man, I I. I this is uh, for those of you who are new to the show. This is a segment we do where Dave plays a before and after style game show with me with pop culture references. I always lose, and when I get questions wrong, you hear this wrong. And when I occasionally, and I mean occasionally, get questions right, you'll hear this. But uh, that one, well, but we'll we'll see. You may be pleasantly surprised. Oh yeah, because this is. I, I wasn't sure if this was going to be the last show for a few weeks. Because the wedding's wedding, coming up, yeah. and I, I, I sincerely doubted you're going to be like, I do. All right, honey, that was great. Me and Dave now got to go record. It's like, <laughs> see you later, babe. I got to be me. I got to do my stuff. Leave the podcast and face Palmer down out of the way. You know, like so you're being like, honey, do you really need to record the podcast this week? Oh my god. Oh, you're already on me. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. See, man, I'm telling you, dude. You and I, we go to L.A., bro. You can stay married to her. It's fine. I'm not telling you to not do it. Yeah, you are. Kind of. <laughs> no, she's lovely. She's she's no, great. She's, she's the best. She's, she's um, the best. And she's getting her PhD next week. Oh yeah. Right. That's oh, that's coming yeah. up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did I legitimately remind you of that? No, I was I was I was making like a statement to the podcasting world. Yes, that's coming up as well, everyone. Yeah. Hmm. You. Anyway. So let's. Shall do we start this. the show, Ryan? Let's do it. Okay. Much like I will be doing this week, Julia Roberts tries to stop these nuptials while simultaneously getting rid of these guys who show up uninvited. Mmm. Okay, um... Alright, let me hear it one more time. Wow, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. Much like I will be doing this week, Julia Roberts tries to stop these nuptials while simultaneously getting rid of these guys who showed up uninvited. Oh, man. Uh, I believe the movie that you're thinking of that combines those two is My Best Friend's Wedding Crashers. Yes. All right. Nailed a good start. Yeah. Ooh, that was <laughs> my, yeah, my Best Friend's Wedding Crashers. Can I say this? Yep. Have you, I mean, have you seen My Best Friend's Wedding? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never liked that movie. Like it's it's a pretty acclaimed romantic comedy. Like people tend to like it. I could never get behind Julia Roberts' character in that movie because she's trying to sabotage, right? Because like Dermot Mulroney. Dermot? No, I thought Dermot. No, yeah, it was Dermot Mulroney. It was, it was still McDermott. It was Dermot Mulroney uh, marrying a, a young Cameron Cam- Diaz. A young Cameron Diaz, right? Before something about Mary. But like, like the whole movie just seemed weird to me because you're supposed to be rooting for her because she's the protagonist. But there's nothing wrong with Cameron Diaz's character. It's not like she's some evil shrew, and we're all and we all want Julia Roberts to like steal the man away from her. She's just trying to wreck a perfectly happy home, and so I can never really support her as the protagonist in this movie, and it just completely screws it up for me. Right. Well, I mean, but that's a lot of those movies in the '90s, like Stepmom. 
where Julia Roberts then is the younger wife for Ed Harris. That's right. And Susan Sarandon doesn't like her and is kind of trying to sabotage her. And the whole time you're like, what's wrong with, you know, Julia Roberts? Like, she's all right. Yeah. But she wasn't like that young. I think she was like 30 something or other. But Susan Sarandon was like, you know, the older one in that. So, you know, yeah. relative. Yeah. I mean, I guess she didn't like the fact that Ed Harris, you know, was spending all his time away from home at Mission Control. Oh, I, and, I uh, knew the <laughs> Apollo 13 reference was coming. It was either going to be an Apollo 13 reference or that Ed Harris was busy running the 24 hour show in which, you know, the guy lives his life and we all record him. That's interesting. Yeah. Ed, Ed Harris started out in the Air Force and tried to be in the astronaut program. Uh, then he went he, after being an astronaut. He went to uh, Mission Control. That's right in NASA. And then after that, he retired. And he was like, you know, listen, I've got all this control room experience. Yeah, I know. He's, he's the best at controlling rooms. Yeah. So you know what? A network came to him and said, Hey, listen, man, you did a great job. You know, bringing on, that ship home. Yeah, in Apollo on, thirteen, you know, the most successful yeah. failure ever. How we got an idea for a show where we're gonna kidnap a kid and put him in a bubble. You know, let's do it. That's got to break some kind of record for the most Ed Harris talk ever on a podcast. I wonder how many people knew that, like, all the movies we were talking about there, like Apollo 13 and The Truman Show. And anyway, next question. Oh, that's right. We're still playing I'm one for one. I'm feeling good. Okay. All right. You ready? ready? Yeah. Right. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson killed my father while fighting for their wedding dates. Prepare to die. Are these all wedding related? I don't know. Oh, you don't know. Uh, the Princess Bride Wars is what we're looking oh, for. All right. right. Yeah. Well, see, because I wasn't sure if we're going to do the Bride Wars part, but that's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, when, 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 you, when you got marriage on the mind, you, you just know all those movies off the top of your head. Yeah. So I'm doing this for you. That's right. Next week we'll be divorced. Um, oh. That's, <laughs> no, it's because of me. It's not that's, because of you. that's so wrong. <laughs> hey, man, deal with it. It happens. Okay. 47% of the time, man. It's a fact of life. Yeah, man. All right. I'm a victim. Oh, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not. I'm, not. I'm, I'm, I'm better. I'm better. Right, Ryan? <laughs> You're terrific. Right? You can see it in my eyes. <laughs> all right. Oh, God. <laughs> this is funny. Okay. All right. um, I'm, I'm two all for right. two. Two for two. This is unprecedented. How many are there? Okay. Good answer. You all don't right. know. Bobby tries to make Cassandra his wife, but luckily our excellent hero teams up with Paul Walker and Tyrese to stop it while driving some pretty bitchin' cars. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I heard like 14 movies there. Well, All right. No. I heard like there was like some Wayne's World in there, and I think I heard some Fast and Furious. Anyway, do it again. Bobby tries to make Cassandra his wife, but luckily our excellent hero teams up with Paul Walker and Tyrese to stop it while driving some pretty bitchin' cars. Oh, yeah. I think I yeah. just put it together. I see what you did there. I see what you did there because uh -huh. this, because <laughs> this isn't like it's it's Cassandra, um, and it's but that's Wayne's World. But this is about making Cassandra his wife, which is Wayne's World too. And the other one is Paul Walker and cars. So the answer is Wayne's World: Too Fast, Too Furious. Wow, folks. <laughs> An unprecedented thing has happened here. He is three for three, hundred percent. This is kind of amazing. I, in the old days, that would have been the end of the story, three out of three. But you know, I've ex obviously expanded the show. But also, Ryan, I'm aware of global realities. Yeah. And um, the reality of, of you not letting me just have a win and be happy. Well, no, because also, you know, uh, you are, you know, marrying a very nice, lovely girl from China. Yeah. And uh, these days, you need the Chinese market. And companies and movies and everything are being geared towards the Chinese market. You saw, and remember, was the last Mission Impossible movie? There was one scene with this a Chinese woman in there that she was an actress and she got top billing. That's right, even though she was just in one scene. But in, in like, and obviously in China, there was a whole other cut and everything. So, with regard to that, oh. 
and our friends, our listeners in China, and because frankly, I, you and I, I think we can corner the Chinese podcast market with Break the Business. Between us, you know, you've been to Beijing, Shanghai, you've been up north, you know, in the more rural areas. I've been in Hong Kong and Macau, and we've spent a grand between us like maybe four months in China. That sounds about right. We've got the knowledge, the resources, the man who can speak some Mandarin, and me who can kind of put some words in Cantonese together. We're going to take this country by storm, make billions of dollars because we have a billion audience, and they have access to iTunes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. Do they? Yeah, maybe. And I'm each, sure. And each one will give us a dollar, and that's a billion dollars. Oh, yes. That, sure. We, we, 50 cents even, and we're fine. I mean, yeah, if you want to go cheap. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So? So, th- so in regard to that, oh, God, I, was the next question? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, in regard to that, let me make sure I get my pronunciations. Okay, I'm joking. It's in English. Okay. <laughs> Donnie Yen portrays the life oh, story of this martial arts instructor that taught Bruce Lee and somehow or another ends up in Zack Snyder's totally bleak and depressing movie about the brightest, most hopeful character in all of comics. You put a Chinese movie in there? Actually, that's so unfair. No, it's not because I, I, I because I was doing that, I basically gave you the exact synopsis of the movie. And if you've been paying attention to Netflix, you would have already seen this. Time. All right, let me hear it again, even though I don't think I'm going to get this. Donnie Yen, <laughs> jerk. And by the way, Donnie Yen going to be in Star Wars Rogue One. Looks good. Donnie Yen portrays the life story of this martial arts instructor that taught Bruce Lee and somehow or another ends up in Zack Snyder's totally bleak and depressing movie about the brightest, most hopeful character in all of comics. Okay, I assume... Oh, wow, I might actually be able to put this together. I think you're... I think I assume you're talking about Zack Snyder's Superman movie. And so... And I think... <laughs> and I think the Chinese martial art trainer movie you're talking about is... I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but... Ip Man, and so the full answer is going to be Ip Man of Steel. He got it! Oh, yeah! Oh, my God! Four for four, 100%. This has never happened in the history of the show. Oh, my God. Ryan, congratulations. Literally, this is probably the greatest day of your life. You have done nothing (laughs) that has compared to the success and wonder that you feel coursing through your body right now. And it will never be. You'll never do anything as great as this. Oh, yes. 444 and Dave's Asian Untitled Game Show. Literally the most important thing. Not graduating high school. Not graduating undergraduate. Not graduating from law school. Getting a license. And not one, not two, not three jurisdictions. Not getting married later on. But this, Ryan. Dave's Asian Untitled Game Show. 444. I might put this in my wedding toast yes my my vows even your cv from now on (laughs) this is so amazing and that last one i mean wow i completely pulled that out of my butt that was great oh man god this is this is crazy i mean this is wow and no fred mcmurray references to be found that was right yes uh oh wait were we recording Yes. Okay. Go. Oh, right. okay. So it's on tape for you. Okay. Good. The whole in one happened. You had a witness. I know. It's it's unbelievable. Um, and wow. I I, mean, I think I can't help but feel like you're just going easy on me because I'm getting married next week. That was kind of the, the gist, and especially the last one, the Ipman one. Uh, I, was, I was a little, uh, but because but, but I chose it because it's been literally on like it's it's a homepage of Netflix all the time. Yeah. True enough. All right. Cool, man. All right. Our thanks to Daria Musk for joining us at the beginning of the show. My thanks to you, Dave, for being here. Uh, My thanks always to you, a pleasure. Ryan, for hosting and for having me a part of this journey. And uh, congratulations, buddy. And uh, if this is the last show until we record next time after the wedding, I'm not sure. It's been. I, I hope everything goes well. Oh, it's been a pleasure. High five. High five.
Yeah. Uh, pretty sure that picked up on the mic. And all, what also picked up, up on the mic is my hey, head hitting the microphone as I tried to well, high five uh, you. My, my chin hit the uh, the sound thing in the front. <laughs> all right. We'll... Hey, this is this is a show with Ryan and Dave. You know, it's not exactly go smoothly. That's right. We're not we, we're not polished around here. We literally dropped a soda. All right. We were... on the basketball game we went to a few days ago. Oh God, yes. We literally are clumsy idiots. That was, uh, but you know, that's why people love us. Yep. Uh, we will seek treatment for our microphone face injuries, and <laughs> while we do that, we'll see you next week on the Break the Business Podcast. Let's go heat.